The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome back to Straight Talk. And if you could see me, I'm smiling from ear to ear. I am so excited about today's show. It's an incredible honor and incredibly, it's going to be incredibly informative. Talk about living the life you deserve. So let me tell you what we're going to be talking about today. And then I'll tell you about my very, very special guest. I refer to him as an American treasure. Um, the theme is that you have to wonder when you're out there, why are we getting fatter sicker, unhealthier. There's so much science. Every day we read in the newspaper, there's new supplements, there's new diets, there's new research. So how come we're doing so poorly? Well, I brought in the big guns. I have a real treat with me, um, Dr. T. Colin Campbell, who's the author of a China, The China Study, which really is the most important book written in the last 75 years and a book that profoundly changed my life. Let me tell you a little bit about him. For over 40 years, Dr. Campbell has been at the forefront of nutrition research. His legacy for sure is the China study, which is known as the most comprehensive study of health and nutrition ever conducted. Dr. Campbell is also the author of the best-selling book, uh, Whole, and uh, a Jacob Gould Sherman Professor Emeritus, that's a mouthful, of nutritional biochemistry at Cornell University. Um, he has received more than 70 grant years of peer-reviewed research funding and authored more than 300 research papers. The China study was the culmination of a 20-year partnership with Cornell University and the Chinese Academy of Preventative Medicine. His new book, Whole, picks up where the China study left off, and the Chinese study revealed what we should eat. We're going to talk about that today, and Whole really answers the question of why. So let me start by saying a deep, deep thank you for being here, Dr. Campbell, and welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Thank you so much. Can I add just one comment? The project in China also included Oxford University in England. Well, that's an important detail, so thank you very much for adding that. Now, as I started, Dr. Campbell, we started on the fact that our society, North American society, we are getting fatter and sicker, and we're not doing well. Now, I want to get into why that is, but I want to also give a bit of background on you, because I think it's interesting, ironically, before we get into your research, um, I think it's fascinating and relevant to mention that you grew up on a dairy farm, and I believe from what I read, you ate the typical American diet for most of your younger life. Is that true? Absolutely. Yeah. And I also read that you were actually studying how to produce more animal protein at one point. Yeah, that was my doctoral dissertation at uh, Cornell University. 
Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's let's ask the question now. Today, these days, what is your work focused on as opposed to increasing animal protein for those people who live under a rock and don't know you? Well, mostly I, I'm, of course, writing a couple of books and uh, I'm involved uh, in some documentary movies. But um, most of all, I'm still writing some papers and, and uh, giving a lot of lectures. Mm-hmm. I, I probably have given more than 600 lectures, I think, since the China study came out, uh, both in professional and public audiences. Now, the China study is a book that changed everything for almost everyone. I can remember myself reading it, and I remember it comes to my mind right away, the part of the book where you talk about carcinogens being in our body right from birth, but we don't have to fertilize the carcinogens. So for people listening who don't know exactly what the China study is about, this revolutionary book, which I urge people to run to get, what is the China study for people who don't know, and what does it mean today? What were the results of this study? Well, the China study, of course, is a book. It was published in 2005, and it actually summarizes much of my career that started uh, actually on August 1st this year, uh, 60 years ago. Wow. But in any case, it, it's a book that summarizes the research that uh, I and my students and colleagues did over the years. And for much of the early part of my career, it was in the laboratory. We were working at a very fundamental level on question concerning the role of nutrition and cancer formation, for example. Uh, And we learned a lot. Uh, And that was all an experimental setting, uh, actually using experimental animals in this particular case, in those early years of uh, laboratory uh, rodents, actually. But then uh, once getting that information and learning a great deal about, you know, how does protein really work at the mechanistic level, so to speak, uh, we had the opportunity to go to China and work with a very large population there and seeing whether or not what we were learning in the laboratory was consistent with what we might see in humans. So the China study actually took the name of the project in China, uh, but that project itself uh, was really just one chapter of so about 18 chapters altogether. And so it was a combination of the early research uh, in the laboratory, the big study in China, and I should add about 20 years worth of experience in national policy development on food and health. So that combination together with obviously reference to other studies that have been done over the years and oftentimes forgotten, uh, that combination is what uh, I tried to develop in, in the China study. And incidentally, a co-author of that China study was my son, Tom, mm. who at the time had been a, his undergraduate major had been in theater, and he was on stage in Chicago when he came back to work with me to get a little funding for himself. Uh, but then he got fascinated with this. So he went back to med school, uh, did a residency in family medicine, and now is uh, the director, clinical director of a very exciting new program called Nutrition and Medicine at a major medical school, University of Rochester. Wonderful. So that, the book is, uh, it really is, it's a sort of a lifetime um, discussion, I guess, or discussion of my, my work over the years and how, why I changed my mind from what it was in the beginning. Was, we, we came up with a lot of things that I, I like to call principles of nutrition. Oh, I can't wait to hear these. 
I taught nutrition in the traditional way, you know, at a major university, at Cornell University, if you will, and biochemistry. I taught those topics uh, in a fairly traditional way. But uh, with the passing of time, I got a somewhat different view. What's the different view? What did you find out? Well, in the early days, uh, and still for many people, the principal nutrient that more or less defines our diet is protein, the nutrient protein. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, people tend to think uh, protein is the same thing as meat uh, because they think uh, protein is only found in animal foods like meat, uh, dairy, and eggs. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not true. Uh, Yes, those animal foods are rich in protein, a certain kind of protein, but protein is also present in plants, and we can get all the protein we need from plants, if I can jump ahead. Yes. So, uh, the early days, it was uh, my interest, my research was focused on that, but then we learned fairly quickly, we could turn on and turn off experimental cancer by just adjusting the level of protein within you, normal limits. So you're, you, you were saying that you could turn on and turn off the cancer genes? Yes. No, wow. Yeah, right. I mean, cancer takes, takes a while to fully develop. It starts out with a, essentially a mutation that's caused by, usually by a chemical that's called a carcinogen. And mm-hmm. so we get exposed to these kind of chemicals, obviously, on a fairly routine basis. But our, our bodies under normal conditions can handle that, that problem fairly easily. But the high-protein diet basically sort of uh, catalyzes um, a, very, a much higher activity of those carcinogens and, and therefore stimulates the production of cancer. And uh, so when we feed protein at the higher level, we get a faster rate of cancer development. And then if we switch the diet to a lower level of protein, enough to meet the needs for protein, um, the cancer stops growing. We give it back again, and we turn it back on again. I mean, that whole idea of turning cancer on and off was, uh, it really is revolutionary, I have to say, because uh, in those days and still today, most people think cancer is caused only by genes or only by the chemicals in our food or maybe by viruses, if you will. Um, And uh, when in reality, cancer is mostly controlled by the kind of nutrients that we consume. And not just one, like protein, but uh, all the other nutrients that come along with the consumption of animal-based protein. And, and, one, and on that point, I was ought to say, too, that it's animal protein that turned on to cancer, yep. not plant protein. Oh. It was the major protein of cow's milk, of all things. Oh. And that's why I do appreciate your mentioning I was raised on a dairy farm because... Um, Hello, are we still there? We're still there. Okay, we my, are my, still my, here. This my, is so important. I'm sorry, my computer just went up black. But nope. in any case, um, yeah, I started out with, uh, on a dairy farm, and so when we were getting this kind of information, it was uh, a little hard to, you know, contemplate that idea that higher protein would turn on cancer. But uh, there it was. We continued to work on that idea, and. And we spent quite a number of years uh, really understanding the basic biochemistry. For me, in science, uh, I, I, we, we like to depend on evidence before we yes. start talking about something. And, and when you see something like that that's so provocative, 
and so different from what you otherwise think. I mean, it's, I can tell you it's a really good idea to get right down to the nitty-gritty and, and understand, is this, if this thing is true, how does it work? And yeah, as, ha- as, as we got into that, that kind of uh, research, um, I turned up a lot of, as I said before, so-called principles that were at odds with what one tends to find in nutrition books. So it was, it was exciting. Still, it's very exciting. I guess it was exciting, and I guess it was a shock coming from a dairy farm. And you, st- you know, through the China study and your research, you find out that um, protein. There's a lot of myth in terms of animal protein, and that milk is at, you know, the head of part of the problem. And you know, child growing up on a dairy farm, you learned that you know milk, and as all of us learned, the milk is such a wholesome food. And you know, you've been quoted in the press as being anti-milk, as going as far as anti-milk, and that casein is a really big problem which is found in milk. Am I correct? Yeah, casein is the main protein uh, of the cow's milk protein. It makes up about 85% of that total protein. So it is it's by far and away the main protein of cow's milk. Uh, but then again, uh, as I say, the story didn't stop just there uh, with the protein. It really eventually evolved into studies of other nutrients and patterns of nutrients and, of course, the kinds of foods that have those patterns. And so the story became, of course, quite a bit bigger. So I guess, uh, you know, I guess it's fair to assume, I know the answer, but for everyone listening, that you stopped drinking milk and you got away from animal protein after finding these very, as you call them, exciting results. That's right. Uh, we have a fairly big family and my wife obviously was very interested in that. Um, so we got a, this is a live show. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, so we got really interested. In, and she started changing our diet, uh, you know, cooking food in a rather different way. I mean, she became very enthusiastic for this, too. We have five children now grown. And I should say we just had our ninth grandchild. Oh, congratulations. Of course, we have spouses uh, in that mix. And so 100% of us now eat this way. There's no one not eating this way. So in terms of people listening, what is the optimal diet? I mean, you're a a very famous researcher. What have you found out is the optimal diet to not turn on those cancer cells and to, you know, really give the best nutrition to your body? What is optimal nutrition? Well, I I came up with this crazy kind of name, a little bit awkward, uh, by the name of whole food, plant-based. I I like that name still today, even even if it's awkward. Because it distinguishes it to some extent from the vegan diet and from the vegetarian diet. And I would like to say that I did not get into this research to advocate those dietary lifestyles. In fact, I didn't even know about them, to be honest about it, for much of my career. Uh, But the whole food plant-based diet is vegetables, fruits, grains, uh, whole grains, uh, I should say, uh, legumes, uh, and I, I'm fair. I'm uh, okay with uh, some nuts and uh, the higher fat plant foods to some extent. You know, just don't we don't overdo any of that. But it, it's 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 a. I mean, the combinations of those kind of foods to you know to make a menu, a recipe, are infinite. I mean, we can think about them in all sorts of different ways. So on the op- opposing side, do you feel that the typical American diet of milk, meat, uh, cheese, uh, those kinds of things, do you consider that a dangerous way to eat? 
Well, it certainly is very clear, abundant evidence, overwhelming evidence that that kind of diet increases the risk for cancer, heart disease, diabetes, many autoimmune diseases, and some other sort of nuisance kinds of things, just chronic pain uh, and uh, just overall health. So, I mean, that, that's what the data show. And as I say, it was almost uncomfortable saying that uh, early on when we were getting this information because, you know, I'm coming from the farm. I'm a typical, tip, typical guy, really. And to go <laughs> back and tell friends and others that, hey, we're not eating the right thing, uh, that, that doesn't sit too well with many people. But, uh, you know, once you get into it and you start eating that way, as I'm sure you appreciate, uh, then our taste preferences begin to change. And uh, what I mean by that more specifically is that we're addicted to diets that are high in fat. Addicted. Yeah, it really is. It's a classical addiction that involves, you know, some brain chemistry. And uh, it it takes a little while to uh, get get away from that. But when when we do and you get on that kind of diet, I've never enjoyed food so much in my life. And, of course, the the benefits benefits we get are, you know, over the top. And uh, so there you have it. I mean, as I say, for some, it's a little bit difficult to get there. For others, they can do it tomorrow and, uh, you know, see the benefits really quickly. Actually, we see the benefits really quickly with this kind of diet, by the way. And uh, so, you know, food has all of a sudden become really, really delicious. Yes, it does. So, Dr. Campbell, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we can talk a little bit about the pushback and the controversy that goes with your research. And also, since you talked about milk, I'd love for people to hear about the research on early onset puberty in young girls and milk, and why is this something for us to be concerned about? So, we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back with Dr. T. Colin Campbell on Straight Talk with Santa Rich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. 
Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So I'm back with the brilliant, passionate, and very important Dr. T. Colin Campbell. Again, I want to say personally, um, I've heard him speak, I've read his books, and they have been life-changing for me. And like he starts off in his lectures, he presents pure science. And I really appreciate that because it's not, it's not just, you know, people have a lot of different viewpoints, but you can't argue with science. And Dr. Campbell says that all the time. And I love that. And we, me and my husband attended the holistic cruise this year. And my husband was a little bit reluctant about uh, this kind of eating. And after hearing you speak, I want you to know the entire family, including our two kids, are on um, whole food, plant-based diet. You were saying that's an awkward statement. It's funny. I asked you a question in the audience. I called us a vegan. And you said you don't love the term vegan. Um, and you explained that there's many vegans who eat very unhealthy food. Is that right? That's absolutely true. Yeah. What's the difference between a vegan and um, a whole food plant-based diet person? Well, a vegan, of course, is uh, not using animal foods for for any any kind of animal foods as well as not using them otherwise, too. Uh, But uh, so that's uh, step number one. It's a good step. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, they are primarily relying on their motive. Their mo- primary motivation is ethically based, which is fine. Uh, but they have not given enough attention to the basic science. And as a result, uh, they tend to consume diets that are too high in added fat and refined carbohydrates. Uh, and so they might eat a lot of Twinkies and so forth, you know, if, if it's made out of plant-based stuff. Uh, but that's not the way to go. Uh, the biggest study that I'm familiar with, the uh, most recent survey of vegans, is that it shows that they're consuming diets about, on average, about 30% of total calories is fat. 30%. When I'm talking about diets, it should be around 10%, 8-10%. So we see some benefits, some health benefits for vegans, but we don't see the kind of benefits that you can get with the whole food plant-based diet, which doesn't have that all that extra refined carbohydrate and fat. I think that's a very important distinction because I think that 
We hear the word vegan a lot, and it is still the word that people use when they're not consuming animal protein. But I think you're right. You could live on French fries and Twinkies and call yourself a vegan. And I don't think we're doing the science that you talk about. So getting back to right before the break, some of the science has a lot to do with milk and cheese and, of course, the processed food and, of course, the meat. I mentioned that your research shows that milk may cause early onset puberty in young girls. Now, for people listening, so what? Well, for one thing, I should point out that historically, or let's say in other research over the past two or three decades, uh, there's one thing that's really stood the test of time, and that is the earlier the age of men are, the higher is the risk for breast cancer. Okay, that's a very important statement. Maybe say it again. Yeah, the earlier the age of men are, the higher is the subsequent risk for breast cancer. Now, the age of menarche is primarily driven by the rate at which a young girl grows. That, in turn, is dependent on consuming a rich, protein-rich, high-fat type of diet, typically that's used in, the, in North America. So the high-fat, high-protein diet, you know, causes the child to grow a little bit faster, uh, and as a result, the reproductive years come sooner. Not a good idea. The average uh, age of medic for women in North America and more or less Europe is around 11 years or so. That's, that's really, in China, what we found, rather surprisingly, the average age for starting in menstrual periods was 17 years. Come on. It was 17 years, and it ranged from, for the, across the different counties and villages that we surveyed, a lot of them, uh, it ranged from a low of 15 to a high of 19. I mean, there was a county or so that was, 19 years was the average age before they started reproductive uh, life, if you will. So, and anyhow, knowing that, uh, what we found was that the high-protein diet, you know, starts to many, uh, the, as I said, the messies earlier. In addition, when uh, that period begins, then the level of estrogen in the blood actually kind of surges, and it remains high with monthly fluctuations, of course, but it remains high until menopause. And so what we saw in the, in the rural Chinese, the, the age of menopause was much later. And in addition, the age of menopause is earlier, by about four or five years. Mm-hmm. And so the Chinese woman has a reproductive life about nine years shorter. than okay. the one, Number one, that's number one. Okay. Uh, number two... Uh, at the same time, their circulating levels of estrogen and estrogen-like uh, steroids is only about 50 or 60 percent as high as a Western woman. So when you add all that up, you know, shorter total reproductive years and a lower level of estrogen, um, that in turn is a very strong predictor and very likely a cause of, well, the opposite, the higher levels is, is a cause of breast cancer and ovarian cancer. Breast cancer, ovarian cancer are higher when there's much, uh, more, a more prolo- prolonged exposure to estrogen, driven in turn you know, by the Western diet, which causes earlier age of men or later age of menopause. And a few other things factor into that too, but that's the basic story. 
So for all all the parents listening to the show, and, you know, a lot of my clientele are parents, um, really we're doing a great gift to our kids to take them off this kind of animal protein to immunize them or at least attempt to immunize them for less of a chance of breast cancer or cancers in general along down the road. Is that correct? Absolutely. And incidentally, what applies to young girls, I think also applies to young boys. Uh, I would imagine. We don't have quite the same detail uh, for uh, the male, but basically it's prostate cancer. Prostate cancer is also a function of the consumption of a typical Western diet, especially a diet that's high in, in dairy. So we got these foods, unfortunately, that we're using a lot and basically turning on the cancer of the reproductive tract, if you will, both of males and females. Not a good deal. Not a good deal at all. Now, um, you know, so many things to ask you about, and I want to get to the pushback because I'm sure the, the diet industry is not so thrilled with you because that's certainly not what we're hearing on, you know, you know, milk does the body good and all these things we hear. Your book, even the China study says there's implications for diet, weight loss, and long-term health. Now, I know people who really... They can't think at 20 years old about cancer, but they do think about weight loss. So I want to try to get that angle in there. What does eating a, um, a whole food plant-based diet have to do with weight loss? Oh, it's, it's one of the best things that we can possibly do. Uh, and mostly because when we continue on that diet, it becomes a lifestyle, if you will. Uh, the weight loss is mostly sustained. It's mostly sustained. It's not a kind of thing where the weight drops off in you know first uh, month or two or three and then um, comes back for the most part. I mean, there, there are some exceptions like there is in everything else in medicine and biology. Some individuals have more difficulty keeping that weight off, even when they're consuming this kind of diet than we might otherwise expect. But they're very much in the minority. So then what we have to start thinking about a little bit is exercise. Now, this kind of diet together with routine exercise, that's, that's the real deal. And uh, to keep uh, weight off and remain reasonably slim and fit and active physically, uh, eat this food, number one, first thing to do. Secondly, make sure that we get some exercise along with it. And drink a lot of water, by the way, plenty of water. We've got to remain hydrated. That combination uh, is really the best, best thing in town if we keep weight loss off. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, everyone knows we got the low-carb phenomenon. Yeah, I was just about to ask you about that. Yeah, that, I mean, those folks uh, really, really dislike what I talk about. They're advocates for a high, a diet very high in animal-based foods. Uh, unfortunately, right to the last person, the authors, none of those people have really had any serious usually almost no experience in experimental research, number one. So they don't publish in professional journals. They're not held accountable professionally for their views. But they get away with it because they publish books and people like to hear good things about their bad habits. And so, <laughs> you know, the, mess- the message gets out there. It's a very poor message, very bad message gets out there. Now, that kind of diet, though, will, it, it, it tends to sell in part because when people go on a low-carb diet, Natural type of diet. What they will tend to see if they're overweight, they'll see their weight drop. It's pretty routine uh, in the very beginning. But that's for a slightly different reason, and it doesn't last. It doesn't last. And, of course, with the passing of time, they have a much higher risk of heart disease and cancer and all the rest. 
So the low-carb diet is really, as I put in one of the books I wrote, it's a fraud. It's a fraud. It's, based, it's not based on, on uh, real science. We can, yes. for example, and just in, in one of the most classic comparisons to make, I think, on this point, we can take people who have some health problems, and most people do, uh, one sort or another. We can take people like that and actually reverse their disease, make them well, you know, very quickly. And they can see the benefits in a week to 10 days. We can't do that with a low-carb diet. It doesn't do it. You know, it might cause weight losses straight off in the very beginning, but they're right back where they were and even worse if they continue that. So there's yeah. no other so-called dietary version that can make create health so fast as what the whole food plant-based diet can do. Okay, so, you know, every day in my practice, people come in and they tell me, no, 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 the paleo diet, that's the way to go. Uh, Eat lots of meat and, you know, you're going to get fat on those uh, carbohydrates. Uh, Your message is, you know, obviously I'm a fan, I'm a believer, but your message is completely opposite than that. And people are reading constantly, this is the hot trend, paleo diet, paleo diet, paleo diet. Um, You know, what do you, what is your answer to, you know, the fact that all of us are just walking around reading the newspaper and trying to get the information to live the best lives possible? We're up against a nutrition industry that does not necessarily, I think, according to what you believe, want us to have the truth. Well, for one thing, the paleo diet is nothing more than just the latest version of a low-carb fraud. Okay. And it succeeds in large measure because... Um, it, uh, people like to hear good things about their bad habits, as I said. In addition, in addition, we've got some very, very powerful industries, as we all know, that love the paleo diet. And I can tell you that marketing of that idea comes in all different forms, all kinds of forms. And when you've got that kind of money involved in the marketing, um, not even necessarily saying the paleo diet. That's what people believe. So, unfortunately, and this has been the case for decades, even centuries, quite frankly, uh, we are very much uh, subject to public messages. And the public messages uh, flourish in an environment where there's plenty of money to spend for those messages. So, that's the way it is. And just, it's a fact of life. And and the paleo diet is the same as the Atheist diet, as far as I'm concerned. There's not a whit of difference, really, and it's not a good diet. Yeah, and that's why I'm so grateful for you to take the time to come on uh, on this show and all the interviews you give because it's, you know, I, I admire that you keep on getting the word out, and I'm sure that you do face resistance from time to time. Do you not? Yes, I do, of course, and it's been that way for some time. Uh, I, uh, though, remain optimistic uh, primarily because I was in science without necessarily speaking quite like this for most of my career. I had a good career. I published extensively in the professional literature. The others don't. And so I will rest my case. On science. Uh, on, yeah, on, on anything that I've published in the past. They can go to, people can go look up the work that I did. And, uh, so, and, and to me, this really does work. I'm absolutely confident of that. It is the truth, the nearest thing to truth that I can think of health-wise. And so it's going to stay hang around. You know, the last thing I, last time I checked, I think people, most people want to be healthy. Last time I checked, too. And so, <laughs> you know, if they really want to be healthy, all I can say to them, even if they are opposed to this on some grounds, 
give it a try. Give and, it a uh, try. We've been doing that, and as I say, the results that we get just in 10 days is amazing. Yes, it certainly has been amazing in my family, and it's you know it's it's affected us on so many different levels: health, aches in the body, um, uh, weight for sure. And the weight drops off quite easily, and I really don't feel like we're missing anything. Um, on that note, though, I do want to ask you about like I, before we go to a break about protein again, because it seems that your research showed that not all proteins are equal. Because I saw in your research, for example, casein, milk, animal products seems to develop cancer cancer development, but let's say soy and wheat do not. Is that right? Absolutely. That's worse than we did directly, but we did some other things too, as others have done. I mean, the casein effect is high animal protein diet, for example, or high animal-based protein, basically. That was showed more than 100 years ago to be the principal cause of increases in blood cholesterol. Wow. It's sort of the, the main indicator of heart disease. And wow. that, that research was there, published in professional literature, uh, really demonstrated very clearly, uh, but basically was ignored because nobody wanted to hear anything, uh, anything bad about animal-based protein. A hundred years, wow. So a hundred years we've had that kind of research. Uh, 1909 to be specific, when that was first published. <laughs> It's incredible. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the controversies even within whole foods, such as white rice, oil. I want to talk about oil for sure because there was a little controversy at the end of that holistic cruise. You may remember at the panel, the last day of the cruise, there was a discussion on oil. And I want to talk about oil and I want to talk about supplements. So we'll take a short break and we'll be right back with the brilliant and uh, fascinating Dr. T. Campbell. Sorry, D. Call T. Colin Campbell on Straight Talk with Sandra Reese. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. 
Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So many questions, so little time. We'll have to have Dr. Campbell back again, but... For people listening who you definitely want to follow his work, it's really, it's science. It's pure science, people, and you can't argue with science. Uh, Dr. Campbell, how do people find you, first of all? What's the website? Well, we have a site that has an online course on plant-based nutrition. It is nutrition studies, or one word, nutrition studies, plural, dot org. So that online course is important because people are listening and maybe some people are getting motivated, but they don't know how to do a plant-based diet. Does the online course help with this? Well, at the present time, it's mostly focused on the evidence, what supports this idea. It's quite convincing. We've had great success with it. Uh, mm-hmm. We partnered with Cornell University, the program on online teaching. And uh, mm-hmm. the, two, the many courses Cornell has, we're, we're number one in terms of uh, you know, applicants. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we also offer 30 Category 1 continuing medical education credits for doctors and other healthcare workers. So, uh, yeah, we've had great fun. We're, we're actually, to answer your question, we, we, don't, we haven't covered all the topics yet uh, as well as we would like. We've just changed the format. Uh, we're now having more video kinds of presentation. It's, it's, uh, we're finding it very exciting, and uh, we're going to have specific, you know, uh, topics on cooking and, you know, oh, sort of how-to kind of ideas, uh, plus other issues as we go forward. And I think your wife also has a cookbook. Uh, our daughter, Leanne, uh, okay. Leanne, she has a cookbook called the China Study Cookbook. And our daughter-in-law, whose husband was the director, that's our son, who was the director of the film Plant Pure Nation, uh, his wife, our daughter-in-law, Tim Campbell, uh, wrote a cookbook called Plant Pure Nation Cookbook. Not very so, for- <laughs> so two cookbooks, one is China Study Cookbook and the other Plant Pure Nation Cookbook. So if people are listening to this and they don't really know where to start, getting a cookbook is definitely very helpful because I think people think that eating this way is difficult. And I really want to support Dr. Campbell here in saying that I switched my whole family over and we eat everything. I mean, technically, we even eat ice cream. I mean, it's not animal-based ice cream, but we eat everything like enjoyable. We make it with frozen fruit and I, you know, I have young kids and they're having delicious food. There's, it's there, you have to learn the recipes, but there's definitely ways around getting those 
things that you crave and keeping it in a, a whole food plant-based way. And actually, I don't think I've ever eaten so much in my life, Dr. Campbell. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, uh, it's good. Uh, incidentally, there is one more book I should mention. That's the, the co-author of our China study, my son, Tom. Uh, he's written a book called The Campbell Solution. Okay. Really doing quite well. Uh, people might want, want, And that's more of a how-to kind of thing to some extent um, okay. than some of the others, yeah. Let's talk about the movies for a moment, and then I'll, I, hopefully we'll get the oil in today. So a few years ago, I saw a movie called Forks Over Knives, which you're in. Um, the goal of that movie was what? It was basically just to introduce uh, this topic to the public, because at that time, it really hadn't happened. Uh, and it really started with the China study. And Dr. Caldwell Esselton, my good friend, the guy who reversed heart disease, and I were the principals in that, but there were a lot of other colleagues who were brought into the film, too. That, that film is, was produced by a group out of uh, California, Hollywood, uh, and uh, we just played our parts. That, that film has been seen by, so I'm told, at least 20 million people. Wow. Really done well. Um, now that we've got a second film that's produced by my oldest son called Plant Pure Nation. What's that about? That, that's more about um, not just telling here's the information, but it was more about why haven't we heard this before? So it's advocating. Uh, that in turn relates, as one might imagine, to political structure and activity. And so that started out with Dr. Esselton and I actually speaking on the floor of the Kentucky legislature. Yes. There was 100 members and they got enthused about it. And one thing led to another, it, it sort of tells the story of how trying to do something in that state uh, really caused uh, quite a row. And uh, the lobbies got involved and blocked it. And we came back, my son did, with a different kind of message. And I'll leave the rest of it for the viewer. But uh, it's, it's sort of that, reflecting the, the difficulty of getting this message out. I, I really recommend both these movies for people who are interested in starting this way, in particular Forks and Knives, to start off understanding a little bit more of the science. And, I mean, I do think that changing your life this way is a process. It was a process for me. A lot of people ask me, well, I, I can do this, but I can't do that. And I do tell them it took me time. It didn't happen overnight. And I think these are good places to start. Now, for people who don't have an idea, I think I hear someone cooking in the background there. So what does Dr. Campbell eat in a given day like what what was today like uh today was not a typical day because we're on the road driving from Washington okay up here but uh normally we start out with uh, in the morning with uh, cereal i like oatmeal uh almost continuously oatmeal with lots of fresh fruit wintertime is the frozen fruit that we pick during the summer and but in any case fresh fruit as much as possible and uh and then we do have sometimes pancakes, whole grains of one kind or another, again, with big dollops of, of uh, fruit, uh, you know, on it. Lunchtime, salads. Uh, actually, you get to a place, I'm sure you appreciate this too, with this kind of eating, you eventually get to a place where you actually crave a salad. I find I crave the salad. Yeah. My husband and I, we can't go to bed before we have our extra salad. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. And that's right. And I, I would never said that years ago, and you probably wouldn't have either. But nope. and a, lot of, a lot of people still wouldn't say it. They think it's a bit crazy, but it's true. It uh, is true. And uh, so a salad, maybe soup, maybe a, you know, a hot dish, possibly. 
then uh, dinner time, it's you know, a variety of dishes that my wife has been really good about fashioning over the years, and some of them are found in the cookbooks I just mentioned. Of her yeah, daughter. she has some great recipes. Your so, daughter has some amazing recipes. Lot, you know, a lot, of oppor- a lot of variety, a lot of opportunities for different kinds of dishes using this yeah. kind of food. It's, it's endless. It's endless, legumes, sweet potatoes, all sorts of things. So you talked about salad, and that brings up that controversy that happened at the end of this cruise I was on with you guys. Um, You've all been on my radio show. You've all been so nice to me. And there was this controversy about oil. So people think of salad, they think of oil. We were taught that olive oil is a health food. We were taught oil was good for us. Dr. Campbell, what's the science on this? Okay, i got to be upfront about a couple of things, what we're talking about. Uh, oil, of course, is present in plants. You know, the solid kind, fat, is present mostly in animal foods. The animal foods are saturated fat. The plants are sort of polyunsaturated plant plants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, so th- that's the oil and fat in food. When it's in the form of whole food, I'm not too concerned as long as okay. it's plant-based. Okay? That's point number one. Point number two is that most of the oil that we actually consume, especially in North America, is the oil we add to things. We use fried foods. We, we make up salad dressings with it. We do all kinds of things like that we use in our cooking. That kind of oil, from plants, by the way, very interesting, corn oil and things like that, that kind of oil is typically rich in what we call omega-6 fats. Omega-6 fats. Omega-6 fats are pro-inflammatory. The opposite number is called omega-3 fats. They're an anti-inflammatory. And it's the ratio of the two that makes the difference. So when we start adding you know, a lot of oil to our food in one form or another, we're basically using plant oils, makes that ratio go really high. That's the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3. And typically now we're seeing ratios of like 15 to 1, 20 to 1, when it should be 1 to 1. Bad deal. Bad so no, no oil. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm, I go along with my friend uh, Dr. Esselton on that. He had heart patients. He came to the same sort of same conclusion, and so that's problem number one. Problem number two with this added oil business, it's a it's a source of a lot of energy, you know, without the nutrients. And so what we end up doing, we we use up a lot of the calories we otherwise would be consuming. It comes in the form of this oil, which in turn leads to a depression or decrease the consumption of the foods we ought to be eating to get the energy. So added oil is not a good thing. The monounsaturated fats, which typifies the olive oil, for example, I know that field fairly well because I was in on the panel that uh, first that was first pushed in, at Harvard some years ago, about 20 years ago. Uh, that came about because in the Mediterranean countries, they consume quite a lot of that, uh, the olive oil. And they have lower rates of heart disease and some cancers, a little bit lower, I should say. Not a lot lower, maybe 5, 10, 15 percent lower, but it's, it's convincing. It's, it's repeatable. And so the olive oil industry got really excited about that idea. So, oh, that's because we're consuming all this olive oil, right? Well, quite frankly, consuming the olive oil compared to consuming the Western kind of oil, yes, probably a little better. No question about that. However... That 10 to 15% decrease in heart disease and cancers is very, very little compared to the, the decrease in heart disease and cancer we see in rural China. 
Well, heart disease is virtually non-existent. So you can raise the question, why is this so? Why is heart disease in, in breast cancer and colon cancer, to be specific, why are they so hard, high in the Mediterranean countries? Is it because they're consuming all that olive oil? The answer is from the evidence we now have, yes. Wow. Okay, oh. so this is this is important. So when you have a salad, you are not putting oil on your salad. No, no, and you get a lot of great, uh, uh, I'm not good at this, but my wife and my daughter and daughter-in-law fashion a lot of good uh, uh, salad dressings. Uh, <laughs> my wife just said something. She's sitting here listening. Um, <laughs> see, she knows more about this. I, I don't even know where the pots and pans are in the kitchen. As I said. That's okay, but you know you're not putting oil on it, and I think it comes down to one of your biggest statements that I definitely want to get out here is you say that the number one cause of death is nutritional ignorance. That's a huge statement. Yeah, yeah here's how I come about that. Basically, it turns out that uh, and this is based on uh, Dr. Esselstyn's work and Dr. Ornish. You know, they can actually cure really 95% at least, if not close to 100% of heart disease, right? If you do it right, we don't see any. In rural China, for example, we, we had uh, in one county where uh, oil was really low and no animal foods essentially, there were something like 265,000 successive death certificates that were recorded some years ago. Not one was heart disease. So, let's say it this way. We can prevent easily and even reverse 95% of heart disease. That's, that's, the, that's the bottom number. Type 2 diabetes, same thing. Up for, you know, around 90, 95%, no problems. Cancers, a little bit trickier on cancer. We don't have as much information on that, but I'm really convinced it's in the neighborhood of 70 to 80% of all cancers. And I'm, we're just starting to engage now and doing some research of our own on that question. Uh, but it, it's easily 75 to 80%. Okay, add these up. And the other illness, they, they command also that high percentage of healthcare costs. So if we were to use nutrition in the right way, we could decrease healthcare costs by 70 to 80%. And if you, add, and if you actually use numbers to describe the number of deaths from those different diseases, you know, it's the current nutrition situation compared to what it could be, and then it's very clear that um, this, uh, the whole dietary thing, the nutritional thing, uh, is the cause, our nutritional ignorance, because we don't know it. And, and so it, it just stands out like a sore thumb. You compare the number of deaths from heart disease, the number of deaths of diabetes, the number of deaths of cancers, compare those numbers of deaths compared with, let's say, another population that's preventing most of those diseases. There's no comparison. Nutritional ignorance is easily the number one cause of death. It's tragic. What, what a powerful statement and what a gift you give to tell people that it puts back power in our hands to change our lives. And I, I'm so incredibly grateful to you. Now, you yourself have advocated and lived a plant-based diet for how many years? We started uh, around 1979, 1980 or so. Gradually evolved into it as the research became more and more impressive until around about 1990. So what is that? That's about 20, 25 years or so. We've been, uh, we've been pretty straight. And how do you feel? Well, fantastic. I'm uh, 82. I still run. I can run three miles, four miles with uh, very little effort. And I mean, we don't take any drugs. And 
We don't use well, supplements except for an occasional vitamin B12. Um, but uh, other than that, I don't know. I, I feel I'm not. I don't have the same energy. I can't say that I, as I did when I was 20. But uh, close to it. Yeah. Well, you look great, and uh, you just have done so much to help so many people, to me and to many others. You are a gift to this world, Dr. Campbell, and I want you to always take that in and remember that. The work you're doing is so important, and I'm so grateful you got to come on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Is there another segment? No. No, I'm afraid not, but would you come back? Uh, Yeah, I was going to tell you about my European trip, but that's okay. Next time. European Parliament just last week. Okay, well, we're out of time, but you know what? I'm going to set it up to do a part two, Dr. Campbell. We'd love to have you back. Okay, thanks much. Okay, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Keep your eyes on the stars and know that your nutrition changes your life. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and will tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.